Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather Kiros, and I'm the author and founder of First Century Youth Ministry. And if you want to learn about Jesus from his Jewish context and get better at discipleship in the 21st century, this podcast is for you. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. Hey friends, it's Heather here once again with Chuck Clark, my friend. Uh, Welcome back to the show as we continue to walk through our series on Disciple Makers Blank. And so this week we're going to be looking at uh, a Jewish understanding of the importance of living in community in the Eastern world and look at how we as youth leaders can help create more authentic community as we bridge the world of the first century with today's needs of the 21st century youth worker in these conversations. And so Dr. Clark, in his article that we actually talked about a few weeks ago, um, talked about this devastating mental health crisis across um, the American teens of today. In fact, um, you quoted the U.S. Surgeon General had issued a rare public advisory regarding teenage depression and anxiety having said um, that every child's path to adulthood, reaching developmental and emotional milestones, learning healthy social skills and dealing with problems is different and difficult. Many face added challenges along the way, often beyond their control. There's no map and the road is never straight, but the challenges today's generation of young people face are unprecedented and uniquely hard to navigate. And the effect these challenges have had on their mental health is devastating. So, as I was looking at your article and and seeing this reality, and I would agree with you that there is a devastating mental health crisis, that anxiety is higher than it has ever been. Um, and I'm sure that there's many thoughts and opinions on why that is. My thought is, you know, could it be that we have become so privatized in our lives um, and even in our faith that we lack a deeper sense of community and kind of like what we've been talking about is that kids need a safe place to feel like themselves. They need a community of friends and adults who they feel safe with, who they feel like they can be vulnerable with and share hard things that are going on in their lives. And in doing so, it helps relieve that mental anxiety that they often feel when life is less than perfect, which is which you and I know is a reality of everybody's everyday life, right? I like what Lois Tverberg writes here. She says, many of us read our Bibles as a collection of stories of individuals and their personal account encounters with God. We, sw- we swim through a sea of dull details, aiming for islands of, solid, of solitary. Uh, however, a reader from a communal culture would notice that scripture frames itself collectively in terms of the family of Abraham and the kingdom of Christ. Uh, Furthermore, she adds, in America, our individualism makes us even more prone to privatized faith. And I was even reading, actually, just before I hopped on this episode from Marv Wilson's book, Our Father Abraham, such a great book, love that one. He was talking about how Western culture in earlier centuries kind of move towards this idea of monasticism, right? This, you know, it's you and your private faith and you're alone with God. And we moved away from this idea of faith lived out in community, which in the Jewish mind to to be a part of faith is to be a part of a community first. And that's how you grow in your faith. And 
So my question is, um, you know, what is it that we can do as youth leaders to help us move towards a deeper, more rich community of faith for teenagers, help them grow in their journey of faith? Well, that's a heck of a question. Let's close in prayer. It's been fantastic. Uh, you know, my first thought in all this, uh, you know, in, in your great preparation for our time together, um, is uh, biblically, it's it's clearly both and, as mm-hmm. opposed to either or. True. So this is what makes it difficult for us, uh, and maybe some just don't even like the designation of individualistic faith versus communal faith, and all all that goes with that because in America we are so steeped in individual rights and individual desires and dreams and mm. me and Jesus especially the more the more conservative or evangelical quote the church sure. um he has has really grabbed onto those passages that are much more about me and Jesus mm-hmm. not realizing almost all that almost all of the words of Jesus are plural sure. when he um <clears throat> now that said you, you know, you go to like Psalm 139. You knit me together in my mother's room. How precious are your thoughts concerning me? Yeah. The very particular nature of God's love and invitation to healing and wholeness hmm. calling is still really, really important. Mm-hmm. And to the Jewish mind, it was hugely important. And Psalms are a classic case of that. Sure. But it's expressed with others who are also receiving the same thing. I had this one guy uh, who will probably not listen to this podcast, so I think I'm safe and we're good friends anyway. Yeah. When I was first yeah. starting as a senior pastor, he hmm. came up and told me that he's chosen. Oh. And which, okay, theologically, you know, I would say if you come to Christ, yes, you're chosen. Jesus hmm. said that the disciples and us and John, you know, latter part of John. Did you want to like... What's that? I, I was just going to ask, becoming a senior pastor, did you want to just like crawl in a hole and die every day? I would think. <laughs> no, no. Some days I just really love the people and that's good the situation. And other times it was, it was really people called junior high kids entitled. They, they're Oof. nothing. They're Tell nothing me Jesus. compared to, to powerful adults like yeah. me. Right. Okay. Okay. But so this guy. Bad. Yeah. Played out where. The implication is I'm chosen and nobody else is. Um, now, hmm. he he was very generous, didn't live that way, loved hmm. his wife and kids and granddaughter. You know, I mean, really good guy. But he had this edge about constantly calling himself chosen. But almost never, I don't remember ever talking about anybody else that's chosen. I thought, that's the rub right there. Hmm. That's a great example. I kept hassling the heck out of him. We're still friends. But sure. Um, is that how can we receive the blessedness of the gift of being chosen and beloved hmm. and let that cause us to come in humbly in the context of community? Yeah. That's that's what the gospel is about because everything's sure. plural once you come to faith. Hmm. John 1.12, I think I told you this a long time ago, but uh, the gift of God's entrance into the world to heal all of creation and humanity is a part of that. And a key part of that is John one twelve. for all who tr- received him, for all who believed in his name, mm-hmm. he gave the right to become again, plural children. That's the adoptive yeah. adoptive church book. Sure. Children, sure. not child. You move from orphanness, which is I'm alone. Yeah. Culturally I'm alone 
but I'm given the gift of community as I receive the personal blessing. So I, the nuance of all that I think is really important. Let's mm-hmm. not throw out the idea of individual faith. It still matters. Sure. But I bring that to the table of going, I'm now with my siblings who are all separated mm-hmm. and blessed and beloved. And then together, the Lord mm-hmm. works in and through all of us together. Sure. So I think that's sure. one thing. Um, that's one thing that really really hit me on this. Um, yeah. And I got one other one other thing to think about is um, in adoptive church, I talk about there are those who are insiders and outsiders. Uh-huh. Yep. And in youth ministry, obviously people who are in leadership are insiders, obviously. Sure. But there are sure. kids who are insiders. And some of us set up these student leadership programs where we intentionalize kids insiders. Mm-hmm. And we say, well, you, boy, you're a leader. So mm-hmm. we separate. And, and when we do that, I think what we can we can do is those kids that don't feel like they're in the inner circle or nobody notices them, they fall back into an individual kind of sense of hmm. disconnection sure. and non-love. Where the other ones feel like I'm loved because I've been anointed and appointed by the insiders. Yeah. And so, therefore, our ministry has got to be the end of all Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Yeah. Right? So yeah. the in, the inside kids need to be discipled to include those outsiders, whether it's at school or mm. at home, but especially in youth ministry. So everybody is feeling like their individual belovedness is found a home within the context of the church. And the yeah. That's good because I mean the reality is is that Jesus did have insiders, so to speak. He had the twelve, right? But he employed those twelve to go out and I mean, this is the idea of following a rabbi is to become who your rabbi is, to be them to be them to the world, to continue to share their message and to bring it forth. And Jesus' message is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is the kingdom mission. And uh, I think you're right in saying we have to employ our student leaders to teach them how to create a authentic community that invites other people and makes them feel like insiders. That is one thing that the youth ministry that I'm a part of right now, those kids, oh my gosh, they are a special group. They really are. And they are tremendous at that. Like we don't have problems with kids making other kids feel bad. Like a couple, you know, here and there, but it's not a major issue like it is in other programs that I've been a part of. It's these kids really do. They don't care who shows up. They just want them to feel welcome. Like I really get that sense and it's, it's odd. It's unique, but it is the kingdom mission of Jesus. And um, it starts from the top down. It starts with how we treat um, the people in our youth ministry, how we treat our students and we create the culture by how we treat people, right? And we we help create the culture by our leadership and who we are. Because, right, like, I mean, the truth of the reality is, is that if we're in a ministry and leading it long enough, it starts to take on our personality. It starts to take on our reflection, so to speak. And this was the idea of a rabbi and disciple relationship is that the more time that you spent with that rabbi, the more you started to take on their personality, sort of take on who they were and be shaped by them. Like, for example, my daughter, she's, she'll be three at the end of the month. And I didn't realize this, but apparently I say, oh man, all the time. (laughs) 
so like she like today she dropped something and she's like oh man i'm like you know but that's that's the thing right the more time we spend with somebody the more we start to become like them and maybe if we lack authentic community in our youth group maybe we need to look at ourselves and say is that who i am is that something that's a part of a value in my life well, let's take student leadership for a second to follow up on what you just said. Yeah. Is some of us were never allowed to be student leaders. And so yeah. we may be overcompensating by hanging out with the student leaders. And what are criteria for a student leader? That's another thing that other kids will watch this because mm-hmm. they'll feel um, that they're not as special to the leadership. To me, I advocate having a very clear and accessible pathway into student leadership and that layer of student leadership so that any kid that really does want to somehow connect more deeply has that opportunity. Uh, Here's another thing. I I don't know if you've ever thought about this before. And I don't know if any literature, frankly, um, has studied it with other rabbis, but Jesus not only had the 12, he had the three. Yeah. And I mean, the four that, you know, that um, uh, three, sorry, Peter, James, and John. And so like the more, I've often thought about the, you know, the Mount of Transfiguration where he took the three. Mm-hmm. And I think about Bartholomew at the fire, seeing those guys going, I will be back in a little while, but, uh, you know, you, you go and clean up and we'll be back. Or did they whisper and say, let's spread out so nobody sees us going, mm-hmm. you know, and then we're all going to meet around that tree and then we're going to head up to the mount. In other words, he had his inner circle and he had the 12 and the t- up. Up until he was arrested, the 12 argued with each other about who was in and who was out. I don't know if you ever actually yeah. look at that carefully. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great image for all of us as leaders to go, you know, it's okay to have certain people and kids have different layers of relationship, but mm-hmm. are really our goal, because once you get to Acts, mm-hmm. that changes dramatically. The gifts, sure. the gift passages, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12. They talk about that everybody's necessary. Everybody's got something to contribute. Mm. And that hierarchy and inner circle stuff is erased huh. in the New Testament. Um, but it's still, there's the human dynamic of smaller intimate friendships is okay as long as we're making sure we navigate all that so that everybody has a place. Yeah, that's good. I've always kind of had issue with student leadership teams. I feel like it creates a sense of hierarchy or greater importance. And I think you're right that we need to be really careful about how we do that and creating different pathways for kids to serve. If they want to join leadership, making it super simple and not making it extremely complicated. Like, oh, you need to be able to quote Ephesians chapter one and two, and you need to be able to... (laughs) you know, pray before every meal and be a leader in your school. You know what I mean? Like all these different, like hardcore criteria, like, Hey, you're yeah, here. Most of them, we, we really can't, you know, they're external and we really can't know. Yeah. But kids know. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, Dr. Clark, any other last thoughts before we tie the bow? I, on just, this I, I love your emphasis on how, uh, on, on how the rabbis would do this and how Jesus did it with his own followers and and keeping in mind that he had various levels of 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 relationship, even with his twelve, and then they had ultimately their hundred and twenty that hung in with him till the very end. Yeah. Um, and and I think all of that is a good reminder 
of God's desire to reconcile all things to himself and primarily to his church. Yeah, because as I talked about in a previous episode, Jesus took the dropouts and believed in them and gave them a mission. And they did it. They did it. Like what kid in your midst just needs somebody to believe in them and then they can carry it forward and maybe they won't knock it out of the park. You know, maybe, you know, it won't go as well as, as anybody would have hoped, but they, somebody believed in them. Right. And it helps them feel like a deeper part of the community. Right. So this has been another fun conversation, uh, Dr. Clark. And if, if anybody wants it connected to Dr. Clark and his work, he's going to be doing a discipleship conference with Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary, uh, January 17th through the 20th. And if you want to get connected to that, you can do that in person or online. If you go to Gordon Conwell, uh, Gordon Conwell's website. And where's that conference going to be? You've told me a couple different Charlotte, times. Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. So if you're near Charlotte, you can go hang out with Dr. Clark. It'd be super Just fun. Come for a day and say hi. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. So, um, friends, thanks for joining us for this episode. And as well, if you're interested in that Israel trip, definitely let me know. We've got a few spots left, and it's going to change your life. It's going to be awesome. So, friends, thanks for joining us for this episode, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.